0: time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor What Joseph and Chris present to you, Saturday Morning to!
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room for the big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, we watched Full Metal Alchemist
0: Brotherhood. Not to be confused with Full Metal Alchemist. Right. Because yes. they are two different things, kinda. They definitely are. And thank you to the listener that chose this. This was. A pick by Briam Samb. I'm, I'm guess. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but Briam Samb via YouTube. He listened to one of our other episodes and then picked this one for us. So thank you for picking Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and for the episode that we watched because it was a great episode. So I'm excited to talk about that one. So the show Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood aired from 2009 to 2010.
1: Well, the original manga was written by Hiromu Arakawa. The anime was directed by Yoshihiro Iri and written by Hiroshi Onogi. uh, Produced by Bone Studio, which is a cool name. I want to work for Bone Studio. Oh,
0: that sounds awesome. Bone Studio? Yeah. That could be a porn studio easily. (laughs) I was thinking a horror studio, but I guess it could go either way. Maybe it could be both? Horror porn. Exactly, that's untapped market. No, I'm sure it's probably tapped. Somebody's <laughs> tapped that market. somebody's tapped that. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're welcome.
1: So, so this show was uh, it ran for one season, one really long season of 64 episodes with four OVAs and a movie attached to it as well. Originally on the JNN network, which is a Japanese news network on MBS, TBS in Japan. I'm not sure what those stand for, so we're just going to say the Japanese news network. And uh, on Unadult swim, of course, when it came to the U.S., for a short synopsis, two brothers search for a philosopher's stone after an attempt to revive their deceased mother goes awry and leaves them in damaged physical forms. In that way, of course, it's very much like the original Fullmetal Alchemist. Anybody who's familiar with that show at all, even just the the universe at all of Fullmetal Alchemist, understands how Edward and Alphonse Elric got to the point that they did.
0: Yeah, they've got such a memorable origin story that even if you know a little bit about it, you don't forget it. Dude, that origin is traumatizing. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, same, same here. I didn't even, well, I'll get into this in a second. Who were some of the actors, before I do jump into that, in this show?
0: We have uh, the voice of Edward Elric, and Japan was, I'm going to butcher some of these names, so bear mm-hmm. with me. At least I think that was the Japanese one. It's hard to tell, mm, because no, the other... That's...
1: That's the U.S. one because it's it's like Vic uh, Mignogna or something. I don't I don't remember. I don't know it. how to pronounce it.
0: The they they didn't have a very specific order when I was looking them up, so they were kind of all over the place. But the other voice actor for either America or Japan, which one which one of them I'm not sure, was Romy Park. The voice of Alphonse Elric was uh, Ri Kugimiya, and Maxi Whitehead. For Colonel Roy Mustang, Shinichiro Miki, and Travis Willingham. For Riza Hawkeye, Fumiko Orakasa, and Colleen Clinkenbeard. That is a fun name. (laughs) Clinkenbeard? Okay. And and then we have Scar, voiced by Kinta Miyake, and J. Michael Tatum. I'm going to be, like, I love these animes. I'm going to be so glad when we're done doing some of these anime episodes, because my tongue... Needs a break from trying to pronounce these things. My <laughs> ego can't take butchering these names anymore.
1: I don't think the show can take butchering these names anymore. We're going to well, lose you're gonna listeners the you going to get butchered one more
0: time. One, <laughs> we got one more left. And then oh, we are man. done with our anime month that has proceeded into the second month because we kept having interruptions. Yeah.
1: It's going to be... We're going to suspend animes for quite a while a A few months a month yeah i don't know a couple months at least we have a lot of requests so we're good yeah we got to get back to our roots a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of full metal alchemist cereal are in japan this show is titled alchemist of steel full metal alchemist we only altered the title to full metal alchemist brotherhood in the u.s to avoid people confusing it with the original anime Secondly, the manga that both the original anime series and this one are based on ran from 2001 to 2010, so that was a 9-year run of this of this manga, and the primary reason for the remake was to stick more closely to the manga as the first anime was more of an original story that strayed from the source material, whereas this hmm. one was kind of like a almost a not a scene for scene, there were some I think there were some maybe a character or two who were added in, but it's very faithful to the original manga.
0: Yeah, that's and that was confusing for me when we first started watching this because there's one episode especially, and I'll get to that, that I'm like, I've seen this. I know I've seen this. Yeah. It's because there's at least 14 episodes that were very, 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 very similar to the other series because that was, I guess before the other series series diverted from the manga. So they kind of both follow the same path in a way for so many episodes. And then Brotherhood sticks with what the manga does. And the other series starts going in a different direction. Out of the 64, it's only like 13 or 14. So, yeah. you know,
1: deal with it for that long. And then you're just going to get complete faithful or completely faithful material from that point forward. Next, in the English dub, the metallic squink in squink. the metallic. What the hell is a squ- I don't know, it just says squink. The metallic squink in Alphonse's voice is created by using a metal bowl perched on top of a stand. The same technique was also used for the first dub of the 2003 series. Maxi Whitehead, the new voice of Alphonse, also remarked that Mike McFarland has never watched that bowl to prevent any misshaping. So there's a disgusting silver bowl that they talk into, basically, to give uh, Alphonse that metallic voice. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, we'll have to see their setup. We'll have to use it. One of us will have to yeah. be a suit of armor one day. I'm going to do it. Uh, lastly on this, uh, right after the final episode aired, the film Fullmetal Alchemist, the sacred star of Milos was announced and then released in two thousand in 2011 in Japan and 2012 in the U.S. So this this film essentially came directly after the end of this series. It's I, I don't think it's a continuation. I think it's kind of like a side story thing. But from what I understand, it's a good movie. So we'll have to check that cool. out. Yeah, definitely. So, Chris, do you have any memories of this at all? I mean, aside from what you said earlier about kind of
0: knowing the time frame of it, did you ever watch any of it? No, I well, I I used to watch the old um, show. I didn't watch it religiously, so I I wouldn't be able to tell you, you know, the main storylines or what happened to certain characters. All I know is, like, the origin of the brothers, why they're doing what they're doing. I know some of the characters. I know some of the villains and And that's gonna be about it because I just caught episodes every once in a while. But I always enjoyed it. And there were so many elements of the show that stuck with me because as as fun and goofy as it kind of is, it's very much like Trigun in that way where there's a lot of darkness underlying it mm-hmm. and a lot of um a lot of intense drama. And that always really sucked me in, and I kind of forgot about that element of it until we started watching Brotherhood. And I'm like, oh my god, this is... it's really serious. There's really serious implications that these characters face, and um, just the story and stuff like that is just so well-shaped and developed. I I was like, why did I not keep watching this? Why didn't I ever watch the whole thing all the way through? I don't know why, but I'm going to have to, and I never read the manga... After watching these episodes from Brotherhood, like it made me want to go pick it up. So I'm definitely gonna to have to find a translation somewhere. Uh, it's kind of the same for me. Like I had only seen
1: a few episodes of the original series. I knew enough about it to know, like I said, the origins of Alphonse and Edward Elric, uh, or how they, how Edward became the Full Metal Alchemist, and how Alphonse became that big suit of armor, basically. I mean, just to just to briefly explain it to people, because it's not something that happens in the episodes that we watch. Like the first episode is not the origin
0: one. Yeah, they have like a flashback of it, but you don't get all of it. But you could explain what happened and why.
1: Yeah. I mean, just to briefly explain it, Alphonse and Edward try to essentially bring back their deceased mother. Using alchemy to transmute a human is completely taboo in the world of alchemy. So, I mean, if you know anything about the show, you know equivalent exchange. Like, you have to give something to receive something. And like, what's the equivalent of a human soul, basically? Um, There's just nothing that can add up to that. At least nothing that, that people know of at this point. So in trying to do so, well, Edward loses one of his legs initially... And then Alphonse's whole body is essentially absorbed into, I don't know, the the nether realm or something. Wherever this yeah. goes, I'm not sure. Then Edward has to kind of sacrifice his... He has to sacrifice one of his arms in order to uh, bind Alphonse's soul into that suit of armor so that he can live um, not in his regular form, but he's still just a child. I mean, not in the suit of armor. He is a suit of armor. Like, there's... Yeah. He's not... Uh, human anymore he's just exist as that suit of armor
0: the plan was was for that to be temporary until until edward could figure out a way to get their bodies back to normal and so th- the whole plot of this series is basically them trying to find this artifact called the philosopher's stone that i guess i don't know everything behind it but from what i understand it would enhance them enough to be able to pull off what they need to pull off to get their bodies back. Yeah, that's the idea. From what anyway. I understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, and I I mean, back to my memories of it, I, I since I didn't watch the whole show, the whole original one, I don't really know a lot of the plot points or anything around it. Right. So in, in a way, or really the characters even, I know some of like the sins, like I know that, you know, Gluttony, I, well, all the seven deadly sins are involved in some way. They're like homunculus or something. Yeah. Uh, humun-
0: homunculi. they so creepy. They really are. I, oh, I, especially Gluttony. He's terrifying. It,
1: probably even more so in the Brotherhood series because this one seems like it's a lot more serious, or at least. It seems
0: a lot darker.
1: A lot darker, sure.
0: right. And we are seeing where they're already in the military and things going from that point.
1: Yeah, but it, it's very fresh. Um, they're not well known within the military or anything within the state. They have they, kind of like a... Um, they have a reputation. A reputation. Like, at, people have heard of them. People have heard of them just as a full metal alchemist, which is the tag that Edward was given. All of the alchemists get specific kind of names around right. what sort of alchemy they do. And Edward, because I mean, he does metal alchemy, but he's also... He is metal himself, so therefore he is the full metal alchemist. However... He often it often is mistaken that Alphonse being actual <laughs> in an actual full metal suit is the is alchemist the okay. and the older
0: brother and things like that. And yeah, that's a joke that pops up a lot, a running joke
1: fun. of Edward just getting super upset over people calling him short or little or young or anything. Let's jump into the episodes that we watched for today's show. Uh, we've already talked a little bit about the first one, so we're just going to jump in anyway. For anyone who doesn't know, for this show, we watched the very first episode, the highest-rated episode, and finally, a random listener-chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode being Full Metal Alchemist, Season 1, Episode 1. The Elric brothers adjust to military life and take part in a manhunt for Isaac the Freezer, a former state alchemist bent on ending the reign of Fuhrer Bradley. They really it just kind of jumps in, and they send Alphonse and Edward on a... A hunt along with the rest of the the state crew to find this guy, this Isaac the Freezer, the freezer who yeah. is you know he's a, he's a water slash ice alchemist basically,
0: and he's awesome. Like this dude is a great bad guy.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy because I mean they constantly keep referring to seventy percent of the body, the human body being made of water. This guy's a real danger. There's water all around, so. Yeah we we see him i think it opens actually with him drawing one of the transmutation circles on the ground and we don't know what's going on at that point he's doing that all over the city that's what's eventually going to get to the his main
0: plot yeah so basically he he's out there the military knows it they send pretty much everyone they've got they send after this guy he's he's basically he's attacking I mean, where their base is, right? Like, isn't like their base is at the center of like where these attacks are? Yeah, I believe, yeah, yeah. That that's his his main goal is to take down the the center base, right? So he's hoping to kill Bradley, um, Fuhrer Bradley, who is you know the head of the military and everything, and basically take out pretty much any, anyone he can. He's been kind of going around and picking off other um, alchemists and stuff like that Um, just parts of the military he's just been killing and then completing these circles all around the city yeah like it's just he's a really interesting bad guy especially because he keeps alluding to the the reason he's doing it is because when he was a state alchemist he was sent i forgot where the place is but there was some sort of civil war and apparently a lot of the state alchemists were sent there and something really bad went down And he's basically out for revenge for what they made him do. Right. So he was obviously, like, forced to do something pretty terrible, and now he's out to redeem himself by killing those he thinks made him do what he did.
1: One of the alchemists that goes after them, and kind of the main one we see in this episode is, um, I can't remember his full name, but Armstrong the strong oh, arm yeah. alchemist and yeah, I guess his I, his alchemy is just like punching really hard. Um, yeah, I
0: I don't know what he does. He like enhances his own strength. Yeah, somehow. Yeah,
1: yeah. So he so yeah he does enhance his own strength and so he is and he's just a big giant buff dude. He looks with c- with
0: a really fancy mustache. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of walking us through this episode as well. He's there, it, kind of he's in charge of leading Alphonse and. Edward at this point, at least to some extent.
0: And Colonel Mustang gets involved, too. Um, unfortunately for him, he controls fire. That is his specialty. And fire does not work well against an alchemist that specializes in water. So he gets kind of taken out of, not like injured or anything like that, but he gets kind of put out of commission very quickly yeah, by it, this by the freezer.
1: Yeah, he gets shut down pretty quick just with some water to the face, basically
0: that's where I love like Risa makes this comment about how um, and I don't remember at what point she does it but she makes a comment about Mustang being useless on a rainy day yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is really great I love her character like she's always just so like um, like she says really funny things but she's always so like serious and kind of monotone and just really drab about everything yeah and she she cracks me up I love that character a lot
1: so where does it go in this episode I mean it's really a lot of it is running around trying to...
0: Trying to obviously, take the guy
1: out. Yeah, take... Um, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, trying to take Isaac the freezer out. At, at a certain point, Edward actually is able to. Like, they, they kind of take him down. They cuff him. But they get kind of careless. And this is, in part, uh, in big part, probably because Edward is really new at this. So he's yeah. overconfident... He's assuming everything's, you know, everything's fine now, and then uh, he's able to break free when he gets near some water, obviously. He heats up the water, turns it into steam, and just kind of uh, escapes, gets his cuffs off and everything.
0: Yeah, it basically boils the people that are, like, taking him in. Yeah. That's a terrible way to go, like, death by steam. Yeah. Good lord. Um, but the, the battles involving this freezer guy is amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, There was another um, bad guy that they talked to, but we didn't see much happen with him. But when the freezer was first being contained, he spoke to this guy that calls himself the Crimson Alchemist, which I'm assuming that has to do with like blood or something like that. I'm really interested to see what all that guy can do, because that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, he, he does have a really kind of side role in this and he's not participating in anything, but he's still there and he's an ominous force. And yeah. he, he, it comes back to him just laughing even after the events go down.
0: But yeah, the man, the the fights were were awesome. So this guy, basically all the transmute circles he put around the city, he takes all the water and makes these giant like ice, basically like icebergs in the middle of the city, and they start like converging towards this central point, which is where the base is. And it's just destroying everything in their past. He's basically ripping the city apart. Yeah, and he's kind of perched on top of one of the
1: icebergs, just letting it happen, or yeah, just to observe from atop the tower. And I can't remember who is able to
0: like kind of take him down a little bit. Um, well, he fights with he fights with the Elric brothers again. And one thing that was really cool, he gets injured at one point. And he uses some of his own blood because, like you said, is that the body's 70% water. So he uses his own blood, like pulls it out of himself, freezes it and shoots spikes at them and actually impales Edward. Yeah. Um, just which in, gets in, them off. Right. In the trail. shoulder. Yeah.
1: There's no water around at this point, which is why he's kind of forced to use his own blood to make his escape. And then that's when we see uh, Fuhrer Bradley make his first appearance for us. And we're like, okay, so what's this guy going to do? And then. Man, that was weird. There's something up with this guy. The freezer alchemist comes in and is about to take him down. And then it's just like a a flash. And Fuhrer Bradley has his sword out. And then you just see him, the, the freezer guy,
0: collapse. Yeah, just blood like spurts out of him all over the place. Right. And he's dead. Yeah. And it's just like, and the thing was like, Bradley barely even moved. Like there was like no effort on his part. Oh yeah, this which, was nothing to him. Because then you're then you're just like, oh my God, this guy is terrifyingly powerful. <laughs> yeah. And what's even weirder too, and, and kind of funny way, but actually more disturbing than anything is that Edward and and Al catch up after it happens and they see the body as it hits the ground and they're like fear of Bradley and Bradley's got this very passive face on like like stern but not showing a lot of emotion and then immediately turns and he's smiling and kind of like oh I guess I got lucky I caught up with him kind of thing mm. and but then he he gives basically all the credit to like Mustang and some of the others for catching this guy and doesn't disclose that it's him that did it and i'm like geez like there's something going on with this dude
1: yeah he's keeping something under wraps so that pretty much wrapped up that episode we do see lust and gluttony at the end of it and they're talking to someone we're, i don't think we're sure who i don't think we hear a name
0: yeah i don't think we do they're basically they are what is it homunculi homunculi yeah homunculi which, if I understand it right, they're artificial humans, right? Mm-hmm. They were created artificially through alchemy. They're not human. They're just human-ish. Yeah, they're they're a totally different creature, basically, that just resemble humans, and they are scary as. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and but those are different from the chimera, which are kind of artificially created beasts. Uh with yeah, alchemy, like animals. Animals. Yeah. And that kind of jumps us into our next episode, yep. which is An Alchemist Anguish. This is the one that was actually chosen by Briam Somme. And I'm so glad, like Chris was saying earlier, that he chose this one. This I don't think I've seen this one before, but you kinda know what's gonna happen. Like you can see yeah. it leading to the point that it gets to. For a brief synopsis of this. Edward and Alphonse become interested in biological transmutations after witnessing a chimera in Lior. So Colonel Mustang introduces him to an expert in the field, Shao Tucker, the Sewing life alchemist. Oof, that's just the beginning. And you meet this guy, seems like a perfectly nice guy. He's got this adorable daughter and this big shaggy dog and everything's happy. And because things were so good right there, I was like, oh no, like something's going to happen to this little girl. <laughs> I know something's <laughs> gonna happen to this little girl. So, Alphonse and Edward are at this guy's place, at Xiao Tucker's place, trying to learn more, like going through his library of books on just biological transmutation and trying to figure out. Because, I guess to touch on it real quick, he is the reason he got certified in the first place as an alchemist and as a state alchemist was because. He's able to transmute chimeras and he was able to successfully transmute one that could understand English. That's all we know at that point.
0: The 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 only thing that Chimera could say was, please kill me, which is horrifying and it's going to get more horrifying. Yeah,
1: it just gets, this episode just keeps getting worse. I mean, great, but worse on the, for the feels and the, oh. Yeah, this, this, this one hurt to watch, honestly. Alphonse... Because he's still a child. He is still a child. He forms a quick relationship with Nina, the daughter of Shao Tucker. And they're playing together. The dog keeps jumping on Edward. Like, it's all fine and dandy. Everybody's having fun. And they keep, you know, they come back um, for a second day, just do more research in his library and play with Nina and the little dog, Alexander. That's when we hear what tipped me off to kind of what was going to happen um, the alchemist that comes to pick up Edward and Alphonse and bring them back to the base, he was like, Hey, um, you know, certification test is is coming up, so be ready for it, basically, to yeah. to Shao Tucker. And what that is, is it's kind of like um him having to prove his research is or he's you know, he's had some successful test with his research in order to continue being funded and Continue uh, and keep his license as an
0: alchemist. Oh, and and we do need to mention, too, because it'll come up as a different, well, kind of different plot point, is that his wife left him a couple years ago, so it's just him, his daughter, and the dog at this point. Right, and
1: that's all we know at that point. The building blocks just keep kind of adding up, and then it just, like... They get pushed over, and it just yeah. cra- everything crashes down. <laughs> just, all it just at once. wrecked us. It just wrecks your heart all <laughs> at once. I mean, I don't even know. There's really not much point to delay it, even. So if we yeah, get to as well. it, it's like okay. So because of the certification, he doesn't have anything. He's been trying. He has all these chimeras like locked up in cages in uh, in one of his rooms, and has not been successful at teaching in the human language as he did the first one. So what ends up happening the third time that Alphonse and Edward come in is, you know, they're looking for Nina, they're looking for Alexander and they can't find them, but they find Shell Tucker and he's like, hey, look, I I succeeded. I, you know, I'm going to be able to keep my certification. And we see this little dog thing that with this little dog-like thing with long hair, and it's like, uh, you know, it can understand human words enough to kind of recite them. And And it it, talks a little. And it talks a little bit, right. And so that's
0: what gives it away, is because of what the thing called Edward.
1: Oh, Edward just breaks at that point. You just, his eyes get all small, like his pupils, like he's horrified once he realizes what happened. And he's piecing it all together, at the same time, what happened with the wife as well. Okay. So this talking chimera that you had originally, that was your wife. And now you've transmuted your dog, Alexander with your daughter, Nina, just to keep your license in Tucker's words, kind of just to kind of a sacrifice to move science forward or something.
0: Right. He doesn't understand why the opposition, he doesn't understand why Edward isn't understanding, because he sees this as this was something that had to happen, and it was necessary, and it's a good thing. Right. He is the epitome of a mad scientist, and he took it too far, and he thinks that he's doing good things, that he's advancing society with what he's doing. In reality, he just wrecked his daughter's life. Completely.
1: They kept having the, um, the, you know, Nina Alexander dog, the, the chimera talk. And it was making me so sad. Like I actually started tearing up in this episode, yeah, in various I parts too. because it's just like, <laughs> it's so intense just, and just hearing how like innocent she still is.
0: Like, well, yeah. The part that really got me was Edward starts beating the shit out of this guy. I mean, he is beating him within an inch of his life. like, like fracturing his skull type beating, just Mm -hmm. pounding him. The little Nina Chimera says, stop, no, daddy, no, daddy hurt. Yeah. Stop, Edward. And you're like, oh, God, she's defending her dad. Like, oh, my God, why? Why are you
1: doing this to me right now? I know, I got the (laughs) chills. And uh, the government, the state has found out what's going on. They are in the process of arresting or starting to arrest Shao Tucker, they're over at his house, and then the the guy who we we didn't mention kind of appeared in the first episode as well. Oh, maybe we did yes. the the no, scar we, guy. we didn't.
0: But I love this character. He's one of my favorites of the Full Metal Alchemist yeah um, series. I at don't all. I don't know
1: much about him, but he just oh, got a scar big, is amazing. A big X scar on his face, and he's like. It seems like he's doing it for... It's kind of like God's will. It, he's, he's very driven by religion. He was, he was
0: in that same war that the Freezer was involved in. Yeah, yeah. And he was... I I can only assume that, that yeah, Scars was some kind of alchemist also, um, militarized and stuff. He was fighting in this war. He, he is against all alchemists that he views have, have turned away from God. And, which would include the state alchemist, because he's been systematically hunting people down and killing them, right. Um, which we see at the very beginning of this episode, we see that before all this other stuff happens. And what he does is he puts his hand over people's like heads, their faces, and he does like something with his alchemy, like does something to their bodies and just basically essentially like blows their brains out from the inside. Right. This just, they just blood shoots out of their like orifices and then they fall over dead. We see it at the beginning and, and at the very end, like so this guy and, and the Chima- chimera version of Nina are in this like living room kind of thing. And Scar walks in and, you know, basically is like for what you did and then blows dude's brains out. And then as if, oh God, as if this episode didn't kick your heart in the balls (laughs) already. Yeah. He then does the same thing to Nina, but not from a malevolent standpoint, from a, I'm putting you out of your misery standpoint. You're not going to suffer. I'm not going to let you suffer.
1: Right. Basically, he's telling- There's a mercy killing. Yeah. Because he's saying like now that- it's gone this far there's no way to revert it so
0: yeah she can't be fixed
1: i'm sending your soul back to god and
0: oh he he has this prayer after he does it and he's walking out of the building that was cool and gave me the chills at the same time it just makes him a bad character and honestly when he first showed up My first reaction was like, yeah, fuck this guy up, Scar. But then he does it and then he does Nina too. And you're like, oh, these murders that he commits, he sees this as a necessary and a holy thing, what he's doing. Which, I mean, as we all know from things like 9-11 and ISIS and stuff like that, that is an extremely dangerous philosophy. It makes his character like, probably the most threatening character of this show. Yeah. To me.
1: And there, and there's so much to it. I don't know... I mean, I guess we don't know the, the background of it, you know, what his, what his true drive is or, you know, what his end goal is, but you know, I'm sure that's something that is developed the more you go into these episodes. But, yeah, that's the end of that one. That was a heartbreaking episode. So... To jump off of that episode, we'll go to the last one that we watched for today's show, The Little One Inside the Flask, well, aka Homunculus. This was season one, episode 40, the highest rated as far as TV.com says, where memories of the world centuries ago memories of the world centuries ago take the form of a dream, revealing corrupted beings who use their power to create a land fraught with bloodshed for the sake of obtaining immortality. And that's a very obscure um kind of cryptic description yeah
0: it's, i think they're kind of dancing around it so they don't give anything away really yeah and honestly through this whole episode until the very end i had no idea where this was going yeah i didn't and I, I was so confused for a while and then at the end was a what what yeah I'm flipping stuff over like what I didn't see this coming,
1: <laughs> like oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it, the, yeah, this one doesn't really have much of uh, you know Edward and Alphonse, and I think they're maybe at the very beginning doing something.
0: Yeah, just at the very beginning, and also we we see Fuhrer Bradley talking to somebody, and for whatever reason, he he has one eye patch, right? Mm. But the other eye, when he's talking. Is all black with a little glowing red dot in it. And I'm like, oh, God, he's evil. Yeah, something's not
1: right with your Bradley. Uh, you know, jumping from episode four to episode 40, we missed a lot in between. Yeah. They probably would have explained this and also introduced us to some of these characters that we saw Yeah, throughout this episode, which was like, OK, we're introduced to this little thing. This The little one inside the bottle is just kind of this He calls little, himself
0: a dwarf. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a little dwarf inside the bottle. This homunculus is just like a little black kind of misty form in a flask. He's talking to this slave. Uh, slave 23, I think, is, is what his yeah. name was at that point. He didn't have a name. The reason he is, the reason it exists is because of this guy's blood, at least in part. Like, his blood helped to bring this thing to life. And so he kind of not befriends uh, the slave dude, but... He's kind of like teamed up with him or he's attached himself to him
0: in in some way. And I'm just assuming that this is supposed to be the first um, homunculi. How do you say it? it. Homunculi or homunculus? Homunculi. Homunculi. So I'm guessing this is supposed to be the very first (laughs) homunculus. Homunculi. Homunculi. There you go. This is the first one. That, that's what I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to say. This is the origin for a few things, but that this is basically the origin of that. That's where it started. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so this is
1: the the origin of that, and what the people who created this this king of this um this kingdom of whatever time period this is is kind of like the description said, seeking immortality, and he's. I guess this thing is supposed to be all knowing in some way. I don't know why he assumes that this thing will teach him how to gain immortality, but I guess there's more behind
0: that than I understand. Well, just from the way it talked, I mean, it it obviously was extremely intelligent from conception. Right. And so it, and it obviously does know a lot of things. It knows secrets. It knows pretty much, it seems like it knows all the secrets of alchemy. This thing is incredibly intelligent, but also very conniving to its own ends. And the way he talks, though, he's he's giving all of this knowledge. He's teaching slave 23. I, I'm jumping to that conclusion that, you know, the king and other people have interacted with this thing, and they're like, oh my gosh, this thing is all knowing. Will you help us? Will you show us your secrets? Will you, you know, give me the secret of immortality? And the thing knows it can manipulate them. And it's like, oh, yeah. And probably gives them bits and pieces of information, things that are helpful to gain their trust. Right. But he's basically a puppet master. He's this little homocular. I can't say that word. <laughs> this little dwarf thing is is using them for its own end. And we definitely end up seeing that. Right. And he he's
1: the one who gives this slave a name. Uh, He tries to give it a really complicated name with the saves, like, or but he's like, no, you probably won't remember that because you can't even read or write. So he names him Von Hohenheim, and to us, that name didn't mean anything. I'm sure to people who had watched up to episode forty, they would have been that might have been an instant like what or something, but to us, it's like okay, that's a name, and so we carried on to the episode (laughs) unknowingly, leading up to the big shocker that chris was
0: talking about earlier yeah well first basically what happens is you know that king is like i want to be immortal Mm -hmm. this little thing's like hey i know how to do that um in order to do it he basically they basically had to take place a extremely extremely larger than you can imagine transmogrification and to do that The guy basically slaughtered ridiculous amounts of his own kingdom. Like, all of the outlying settlements and towns and stuff like that around his kingdom were ransacked and everybody was killed. From what I could tell, this transmogrification was basically using the souls of all of these people and transferring that basically, like, life source to the the recipient to give them everlasting life but the thing tricked the king and had the king not standing in the middle where he would be protected and said his soul and everybody else in this freaking kingdom their souls went to who was in the middle which was slave 20 well not slave 23 anymore which was von Hohenheim, and the uh the little dwarf thing himself So what the little dwarf thing
1: does, and he, so this is kind of his evolution as a homunculus where he becomes a human form. He kind of adopts von Hohenheim's form as his own because he is partially made up of his blood. So, but also takes the king's garb. So he's kind of the, the king at that point, the ruler. So then it jumps into von Hohenheim in the present where he's still alive. He's walking with these, uh, I I think they're alchemists, these other two alchemists.
0: Yeah, it was a a larger man and a female and turns out the females, you know, hurting and you find out once he kind of gets it out of her that it it sounds like she had a child that died and kind of in the way that like Alphonse and Edward tried. She did alchemy to try to to try to save it. And it took her inside like not all of them, obviously, because she's alive. But it took a bunch of her insides, like her intestines. Right. Like were removed. And she's basically dying.
1: Yeah. So she 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 tried to pull the ultimate taboo as well. And it obviously she was unsuccessful. So we see him form a. Um, Not a fist, but like kind of a jab hand or almost like a a chop. And then he shoves it inside of her um, stomach to the unknowing eye, like the big guy who comes back. She's like, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're killing her. Like, that's what it looks like is happening. Yeah,
0: that's what I thought was happening.
1: And so he, yeah, I thought he was putting her out of her misery or something. And then this guy comes up, he like punches a dude off, but... Uh, We see that what he had done so quickly and so strangely had kind of rearranged... Didn't add any organs back, but he rearranged her organs so that she would have an easier time breathing. Yeah. And very quickly, too. But I guess at this point, we know this guy's been alive for thousands of years. So I guess he would have knowledge of how to do this because biology is something that he's uh, heavy into
0: studying. Right. And then... The So she's kind of talking to him and she's like, says something about like, it's an honor to meet the father of the full metal alchemist. What? <laughs> 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 Just real quick to touch on that is in the original
1: series. Well not, I'm not going to say original. In the first series, uh, the 2003 one, the reason that their mother is watching them alone is because their father goes off to die. Like he's dead. And uh, kind of at the beginning of that series, yeah. And then in this one, he—the reason he leaves is to try to go and die. Like he's trying to find a way right. to end his life because he's just—he's immortal, he's invincible, yeah. or
0: he's never been able to die. So he's trying to figure it out. And when stuff goes down with the Elric House, but then we find out not only is this dude their dad, he is a living. Philosopher's Stone. Yep.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> he tells us that specifically. So it's not conjecture. It's no, him yeah, what, saying what it. the fuck? and that that's after we we kind of see Ed describing, you know, the philosopher's stone can come in many forms. It's not just a stone, like it can be kind of liquid. It can be like a, a crystal. Yeah. And he and then after him saying that, it's like, oh, okay, or I think this is after we get the reveal that he's a philosopher's stone because it's like, okay, well, it can also be a human form. Right. So there's a lot that I don't understand about this episode only because we skipped, uh, 37 episodes to get <laughs> there. Right. But, but, uh, it, it's so intriguing. Like there's yeah. just that, that world is so interesting. I'm really curious to see how all this pieces together, really how it got to that point. Like I know, As I go through and watch these episodes, I'm going to be like, okay, now it's, okay, I'm starting to make sense more of what episode 40 meant now that I've seen these episodes leading up to it. So right now, I think it's about time we draw up some transmutation circles of our own, sacrifice a finger or two to conjure up our inner kids, and see what those little chimeras thought of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood.
0: This cartoon is so awesome with all these cool characters and the brothers are really cool because usually good guys are too goody-goody, but Al will beat people up. And I love Scar and the story is so good and I rate this show five bowls of transmitted cereal out of five. And now I want to be a state alchemist, but I want to be original, so I'm officially going to be the full pizza alchemist who can make pizza out of anything. And now I'm hungry. Bye! To be honest, when I used to hear the word remake, I would go on the defensive and prep myself for the worst. However, after watching the recent Voltron, Legendary Defender, and now Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, I've done a complete 180, replacing my prior doubt with optimism and excitement. Within the few episodes that we watched, I ran a gamut of human emotion, from anger, to laughter, and even tears, not to mention the beautifully animated fight sequences. A montage of those may be worth the price of admission itself. If the three we watched were at all indicative of how the remainder of the show is, then sign me up. I'll give Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood five big bowls of philosopher's stone cereal out of five, and could not recommend it more. Little Chris, if we ever commit some sort of alchemy taboo and I end up losing my body in the process, make sure to bind my soul to the coolest toy you can find, like one of the Ninja Turtles, maybe. No, 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 wait, maybe He-Man. No, 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 wait. Uh, I can be a transformer, robot in disguise. Uh, I can't decide where I want to bind my mortal soul for all eternity. I'm gonna do it to a Barbie doll, but don't tell him. <laughs> Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Calm down, young me. The answer was obvious the whole time. Think about it. We could literally be Voltron. Oh,
0: that is a great choice.
1: I know. I'll bet Voltron didn't get picked on by bullies at school. Come on. It's an obvious choice.
0: But a guy in a Barbie doll totally would (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts on Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood?
1: My final thoughts are that I'm definitely going to watch the rest of this. I've seen so much praise just looking around for details on this show it is praised pretty much across the board. I didn't really see any kind of negative feedback towards it. It's rated like a nine point something overall on IMDb. It's just a great show for so many reasons. It's it's kind of like it's it did what the first one did, but better and kind of perfected it. And it's just a prime example of what you can achieve when you stick to a solid source material. And obviously the manga was worth it. That it spawned these two series, so why not make it as close to the original as you can? And in this case, it really seems like it paid off. Those fight scenes are amazing. The drama is great. Two episodes in, I'm I find myself crying over characters that I barely know. So right, you know, you know they're doing <laughs> something right. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, this show was awesome.
0: Yeah this this world of Full Metal Alchemist is amazing. I'm so impressed with the storytelling and the drama and the pain, the real pain and sacrifice behind each of these characters. Like, I don't, I don't know what else I can say about it other than it's not a one. I have to watch this thing in its entirety and read the manga and everything else associated with this. Like I have to now, like, this is one of those universes I could get real deep into. My other podcasts, my know the lore podcast, I, I've told Joseph that, I want to do different versions of it. Right now I'm doing Overwatch. I've talked about maybe doing, like, the Avatar universe. Not the James Cameron thing. Like, <laughs> Avatar The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra kind of universe at some point. But this is a world I could totally get deep into. And I probably will visit this at some point in that show, which would be awesome. So, yeah, this is... Like, I can't give enough praise about this one. So thank you again to Briam, Sam, and sorry if we destroyed your name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we probably did. So just apologies from the both of us. But you're a pro. You suggested this great anime. And please give us more suggestions. Try to stay away from anime for a little bit. But if you have other things, give them to us. If you have anime, we'll, we'll take them. But we'll put them on the back burner because we have to take a break from anime for a while. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching Sailor Moon. And this, again, will be the last episode of our anime month, multiple months, month and a half. Anime month and a half. Yeah, anime (laughs) month and a half. We'll jump back into typical Saturday morning cartoons the following week. So, yes. Until then, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. I need a metal bowl right now.
0: Presented by Nerd Sloth.
1: A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.